know the smell of napalm in the morning. Did you first blow? I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good morning, Vietnam! You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film. Hey everybody, this is Napalm in the Morning, your favorite Vietnam War through film podcast. I'm Eric Jones, with me in quarantine is uh, Dr. Yeagle. Hey Matt. Hey, good morning Vietnam. No, that's not this movie. Sorry, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Although it does come up, it plays in the background of this movie. Yeah. Um, welcome, welcome. Matt is also bunkered down in his uh, basement. And, that's uh, right. With me is a uh, uh, boy Troy. Hey Troy. Hey hey hey. He's he's uh, he's festooned. Tell us about your shirt, Troy. Uh, it's uh, when MacArthur um, goes back to the Philippines, except he's uh, he's on the beach, except he's carrying a surfboard. That's f- <laughs> that's fake news. Um, but I it like may, it. It might be doctored a little bit. <laughs> All right, so we're uh, we're excited. We're. Uh, I'm your quarantine cowboy. We're here uh, riding out the coronavirus, um, talking yeah. about some uh, some fun Vietnam Vietnam War film. Actually, this one isn't a lot very of fun. fun. I wouldn't rate it as. Yeah, um, this is we've we've collectively agreed we're going to do a lighter one next time because the <laughs> this one's this one's for our own heavy. yeah Platoon. our own mental sanity. I think requires. Yeah, exactly. A- um, Platoon was a uh, it was released in '86 by of course Oliver Stone and was a uh, a pretty huge success. Um, it got uh, nominated for eight and won uh, four Academy Awards: Best Picture, Best Director, Best Sound, Best Film Editing. Um, yeah, Library of Congress uh, dubbed it as a you know a culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. So this was a a, a big film. Yeah, it uh, uh, it was not filmed in. London or in Georgia, um, but was actually filmed in Southeast Asia. That's a first. Right. In the Philippines. Um, and this took uh, Stone quite a while to get made. It, I just briefly should be mentioned, you know, this is a film written and directed by a veteran um, of the war, which is another reason that it kind of stands out from some other films. Um, and I think it's, is it, is it the first, is that the first major motion picture by someone who was actually a veteran? Right, right. And uh, the story kind of follows uh, along Stone's own experiences in Vietnam. But uh, yeah, he put all these actors through a very intense two-week sort of boot camp, uh, training training camp uh, in the Philippines. They, they had to, you know, sleep in foxholes that they dug themselves. They, they were eating, you know, sea rations. They had fake attacks, but Viet Cong attacks, you know, in the middle of the night. Uh, they had to, to go on... Um, night watch you know and everything and you know and if you fell asleep on your watch you would you could be you know in air quotes killed um (laughs) so they they wanted these guys to get at least a bit of a taste of what it was actually like for these infantrymen uh that they're going to be portraying in the film so maybe like about apocalypse now um with fewer drugs or maybe we don't know so (laughs) try to replicate the insanity yeah it's it's pretty it's you know it sounded quite intense uh, the actors accounting of uh, 
of of how it all went down. Um, it's also interesting that uh, Marcus um, in the Philippines is overthrown right when they're trying to get started filming this. Pretty chaotic. Uh, for yeah. Don't know. Yeah. But they worked hand in hand with the Filipino um, military, so a lot of the you know helicopters or planes that you see are are from them. The U.S. Wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah, they're, they're a little dodgy about that. Troy, you learned some things about the about the making of this. So, what did you think? Um, what I did reading, I did do. I, I like the fact that um, uh, you know, he wrote this. The Stone wrote it on the based on his experiences, but he was it was kind of the counter the vision of the Green Berets, which makes it even better. I I, I really loved. I when I when this movie came out, I was like a freshman in high school, and it. it it, I couldn't get into it, and now I'm like, wow, that was. It's so much more intense now that I know the the history, or more history than I knew then. Yeah, I was yeah. trying. I was trying to think too. Like I, I, I remember. I remember scenes from it, watching it, but I don't like. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a heavy movie, and not one that uh, is sort of easily consumed. I don't think. Uh, yeah, which is kind of amazing that it's such a box box office. Except. I mean, they want to keep it realistic. I think they did a, a great job. I mean, considering. I mean, I don't think people want to see this. I mean, in a way, like you're, you don't want to yeah. admit to travesties. This is not that long after um, 1975, so the so the the wounds are still are still a bit fresh and um and it's and it's kind of a grudging group of academics and and vets who were launching now sort of a full-scale critique of the war and and to see it in a an honest way. Yeah, this this film doesn't try to get political at all. Similar Full Metal Jacket doesn't really either. There's a couple lines in Full Metal Jacket maybe that you could say is or maybe a political commentary on it. But this is pretty much just the story of these guys. What is life like for the your average recruit in Vietnam? And that's the story it's trying yeah, that, to tell. That's right. And, and Sheen was a, uh, Sheen, Sheen uh, volunteered. Or the, his, his hey, white boy, what you waiting go. for? That hole ain't gonna dig itself. Come on, boy, oh, get your big clip. skin on that thing. Dig. You can get all day. Dig, dig. Somebody once wrote, hell is the impossibility of reason. That's what this place feels like, hell. I hate it already, and it's only been a week. Some goddamn week, Grandma. The hardest thing I think I've ever done is go on point three times this week. I don't even know what I'm doing. A gook could be standing three feet in front of me and I wouldn't know it. I'm so tired. We get up at 5 a.m., hump all day, camp around 4 or 5, dig a foxhole, eat, then put out an all-night ambush or a three-man listening post in the jungle. It's scary because nobody tells me how to do anything because I'm new. Nobody cares about the new guys. They don't even want to know your name. The unwritten rule is a new guy's life isn't worth as much because he hasn't put his time in yet. And they say if you're going to get killed in the Nam, it's better to get it in the first few weeks. The logic being, you don't suffer that much. If you're lucky, you get to stay in the perimeter at night, and then you pull a three-hour guard shift. So maybe you sleep three, four hours a night, but you don't really sleep. So that's pretty early in the film, and it's uh, Private Taylor or Charlie Sheen writing to his grandma, that's referenced a couple times. Yeah, the Oliver Stone character. You want to give us the rundown of uh, who's who's in this? It's a crazy all-star cast here. Um, we've got uh, Charlie Sheen, um, Tom Berenger, William Defoe, uh, Keith David, Forrest Whitaker, good old Johnny Depp, and uh, and a host of other characters. John McGilney, Kevin Dillon. It's a huge cast um, that was uh, you know I think that's one of the it's one of the early um, Johnny Depp roles. 
famous, of course, uh, Sheen marrying his father's role in, in, in Apocalypse Now. And uh, Berenger is not only a great actor uh, as sort of the bad guy, but like his his menace and it, and it's and it's helped by his physicality he is badly scarred on his face i actually had to this. look that up i was like he's not really that sc-. i mean it was so realistic i'm like yeah i don't remember him looking like that it was just amazing they really like uh he had been through some shit uh yeah. as they say and right. so yeah it's a huge huge cast ensemble cast it really rotates around uh, private taylor charlie sheens and and the, the clip that to t-roy played was was right from the beginning where he's writing his grandma and and we we get off the cargo plane. It starts them getting off of a, a big troop carrier and then they're immediately in the field humping their gear, um, soldiers taunting, and it says uh, uh, September 1967, Bravo Company, 25th in- Infantry, somewhere near the Cambodian border, menacingly. And so that's the, and then Charlie's one of the cherries, one of the new. New recruits, right? And this is um, this is based on a couple different you know groups or units that Stone was with, um, and you know characters may may not have all been serving in the same unit. It's kind of a, a it mirrors his more broad service in the war, um, kind of condensed down into one unit, um, and that's where he was. Yeah, it's a, it's a pastiche of like you could like his experiences, um, some pretty dramatic, and then also like you could see spoiler later there there's a sort of in a, a village which had a bit of sort of melee thrown into it. There were there kind of an amalgam of different tropes and genres in the in the, in the Vietnam War experience. Um, but, um, yeah, right, right off the bat, you know, Charlie's puking, he's, he's carrying too much gear, he's getting attacked by fire ants, um, and constant rain, it's not a pleasant scenario. No, and we're introduced quickly to Elias as somebody that's gonna maybe be the one that's, Sergeant Elias gonna, he's gonna keep an eye out for Charlie, he's, um, offering him this uh, assistance. He's, I'll carry some of that stuff for you. You don't... Giving him advice. Yeah, you don't need to take all this. I'll carry it for for today, but next time don't bring... You don't need these books and everything you've got with you. Um, So he is being portrayed as the ally to Tiger Blood, Charlie Sheen. Um, (laughs) Tiger Blood. I'm I'm on the fence about Charlie Sheen's acting, aside from his sort of... uh, his insane later career like like you you weren't you weren't too impressed Troy with well I I think I I wasn't but then I realized he was you know in the beginning of the movies designed to be this you know newbie kind of a kind of a puss and um and and of course he transforms into this you know kind of like the rest of them like it turns into you know Berenger kind of a hard ass or or not worried about death and rights and everything else or it seemed to me that way I he does a fine job in this, and it's uh, you know he's against people like Defoe who were Berenger, who are really amazing actors. So it's it's tough to it's tough to live up to that. But um, but I don't think he had done any other very few movies. Prior. He was like twenty one years old too. He wasn't he hadn't done too many movies prior to this, to my knowledge. Uh, what about the one with uh, what about Mighty Ducks, Troy? Well, I mean you know I mean that was a classic for sure. But uh, that's at least nine dong. Um, uh, we're gonna. We, we, we. I think that rating. He's in Mighty. No, Mighty Ducks is uh, Estevez. Is, is, is Charlie Sheen also in that? Yeah, they get is the he? whole gang. They think so. they're. Well, or, that, that came out Red like Dawn, nineteen ninety. Yeah, I think Red Dawn was still after after this, but 
Uh, he was supposed to be in high school anyway. Okay, that's we need to we need to cover Red Dawn. Um, <laughs> clearly, but um, so uh, and Mighty Ducks. We'll do the uh, we'll do the whole Sheen. Um, this is just shifted into a, a Sheen podcast. Yeah. Hey, welcome to uh, Tiger Blood in the morning. Um, this is your <laughs> Charlie Sheen. We could probably get. We, him we to need call to in. do Young Guns too while we're at it. I mean, yeah, for why sure. Not? Why not? Um, so so uh, back to the back to the jungle. Constant rain, bugs, misery. Um, there's a great kind of, it's almost like, um, I'm thinking like stone, you could do better than this, but it's like almost like an Indiana Jones shot of like, there's a Buddha in the background, like a, like a Theravada Mahayana Buddha in the background. Um, and he's standing, he's standing watch. It was, uh, it was, it was kind of, uh, a bit of a caricature I thought, but, um, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to code us that this is, um, uh, this is Vietnam and, and to their credit, they're actually in. In a tropical, in a tropical. They're Southeast in Southeast Asia. Asia. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it uh, it uh, it felt more real than it didn't feel more real than being in Georgia, pretend, <laughs> pretending uh, it was a Viet- Vietnamese village. But I don't know. I was I was totally sold by those pine trees. Come on. Yeah, I mean, right. If if you go high enough into the uplands, upland Zomia, Southeast Asia, that's what you find. So, um, <laughs> and then we cut sort of the. <laughs> Sort of the next big scene is is the ambush. There's an NVA soldier silhouetted there, and so Sheen Sheen goes out with Defoe and, and others, and, and and Defoe is worried that hey these are these are cherries. We shouldn't you know we might you might see some shit tonight. We shouldn't uh, we shouldn't take new newbies out. Um, but uh, the the commander forces them into it. Yeah, and we're introduced to O'Neill uh, to kind of when they're having this discussion on who's going to go. And uh, O'Neill is kind of playing, you know, the the side piece to Barnes, sort of pretending he's real hard. Um, uh, but we're gonna find later, you know, that that is a lot of that is kind of a facade um, for him. Uh, but he's an interesting character, kind of foil to uh, Charlie Sheen. I read somewhere here. I don't know if it's if it's uh, if it's true that uh, uh, some of the academies. They watch this film and critique leadership uh, of some of the caricatures and kind of like failures, failures and successes of it, um, which is actually not probably not a bad idea because like the, the soldiers have watched this movie. They've watched Full Metal Jacket. So if you need to talk to Joe Sargent's about <laughs> ways that is or is not appropriate. Yeah. We also see the lieutenant is um, <laughs> a- acting almost as subordinate to uh, Bar- especially Barnes, but. Barnes and Elias, those guys are seem to be making the decisions, uh, and the lieutenant is not assertive. And afterward, he says, you know, comes to Barnes and says, you know, hey, in front of the men, it might look good <laughs> if I'm like giving orders. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. There's that awkward <laughs> scene, like, hey, hey, let me call the shots. Uh, but he has basically no experience either. I mean, which makes you know, as he's he's like a textbook, you know sergeant not really a, he wasn't in the shit at all compared to these guys yeah i mean you can literally see it on barrigan's face that he's that he has been and so yeah. that gives him some immediate street cred with the soldiers and so they're out on an ambush patrol and suddenly sheen sees a sees a silhouette out there and then a heavy firefight ensues sheen can't trigger his claymore mine in time and gets sort of yelled at and he's he himself is minorly wounded so there's a there's a um, a pretty intense firefight. Right. The um, the issue is you know you you have like a you know a two hour watch you know it's your watch it's your your turn, 
and uh, it's portrayed that Charlie passes it on. Okay, Junior, it's your turn for the watch, so Charlie can go to sleep. But it, Junior blames Sheen for falling asleep, or Taylor. Um, and this happened in real life. Uh, Stone went to sleep. He says it was, you know, Junior in real life that fell asleep. Junior blames him. Stone in real life was blamed for it, um, much like we see Barnes coming at Taylor for falling asleep. It's right off the bat, we get a pretty intense firefight. Uh, Sheen is minorly wounded, like sort of in his ear on the back kind of his head. Kind of a neck wound. It yeah, kind like. of like a neck. Just uh, a flesh wound. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a serious one. Um, and um, and then we see something that will be mirrored at the end of the film where Beringer, um, a soldier is laying there. One of an American soldier is wounded uh, mm-hmm. mortally. You know, Beringer just walks up to him and shoots him um, a couple times, uh, his own his own soldier. To, to put him out of his misery, and Sheen is pretty shocked by this, and uh, it, it 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 again they're they're setting a motif that this is this guy will do anything. You know he's is that he's, Vietnamese. He's, thought he was Vietnamese. The guy he shoots. He was African American. Like thought he was one of his one of our own. I think I thought it was. We're gonna shit on your point, but I think it was an Asian VC VC dude. But he. The guy was going to die anyway, so he in a, in a way he did him a favor for sure. Yeah. Okay, he didn't. Yeah, I stand, I stand corrected. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah. That's what I get for watching it on a small device. Uh, uh, but right, but he'll shoot against Geneva Convention. He'll shoot a person. Right, um, right, right. You would take him and see if you could get intel from this guy that's still alive potentially, and you know maybe would be what you should do. Um, but he just shoots him right there dead. Yeah. Then we're we're brought back to base camp, and Sheen because of his injuries, he's given um, light duty. And he's clearing latrines. Yeah. Light duty. Cleaning the shitter out. That's fun. Yeah, it looks it looks awful, and I'm sure it is awful duty. And then um we've got a we've got a pretty great uh scene and then they enter into kind of an opium den on base somewhere. And then oh yeah, thanks T Roy. We've got some this is, is a perfect soundtrack. airplane that's right yeah can you play we built a seat on rock and roll um i saved that for special occasions eric we we know that that's not the airplane bastardized version starship so it's this it's this kind of uh, bohemian underworld i think it's called the underworld is the their kind of little hangout and uh people are laying in hammocks spacing out um, it's the stoner tent, basically. You know, it's it's like um, the stoner bunker uh, back at this camp where they're passing around the weed and they're, you know, just kind of relaxing, man. Yeah. And Your Highness has arrived. Well, and I think that it, it's probably opening him in that pipe, too, because he pretends like the effect hits him immediately, like I can't feel anything. Yeah. Yeah, oh, here we go. Here we're, we're transported. What you doing in the underworld, Taylor? Well, this here ain't Taylor. Taylor been shot. This man here is Chris. He been resurrected. Don't do anything at all. Go ask 
Taylor. A what? Are you lame or something? Go ahead, old man. Smoke it. Do it. You'll be cool. Shake hit with the college kids. <laughs> You'll be. Yeah, he's peer pressure. <laughs> This shit's in the wind, troop. Ah. Ah. Yeah, so they're so they're uh, they're having a good time, yeah, and um, I think uh, right. Sheen comments that his uh, his uh, you know he can't feel he can't feel anything he can't feel his wound anymore. Yeah, it's a happy. They're dancing together. It's a fun time, and you know it's that's the stoner tent, and this is kind of countered with the bro tent where. <laughs> Where we are taken next. Yeah, yeah. Um, Troy, you've you've got your hunter safety merit badge. The scene, one of the one of the great scenes in this uh, out of this out of this clip is that Charlie Sheen smokes out of the barrel of the rifle. You know, takes a hit. Is is that oh, right. is that safe? Uh, depending on if there's any uh, projectiles on the uh, back end. So yeah. Shouldn't you always <laughs> pretend like the gun is loaded, Troy? That is true. Yeah, that is true. Um. I think it was a shotgun, so it was a break open. So I think that that maybe helped a little bit for safety. I mean, if you're going to smoke, make sure that it, your shotgun's broken open, so you right. no, no accidents. You that can way. tell, uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Be, be safe while yeah, you're exactly. smoking opium through a gun. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Elias. So once again, we're sort of seeing the lines drawn within the platoon itself as Elias chilling with the stoners, Barnes hanging out in the bro tent. And yeah, the right playing cards and you right. know gambling. So we have heavy drinking, um, card games. Uh, the lieutenant comes in and says, "Hey, men, having some brewskis? That's cool." Um, really awkwardly attempting to fit in. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. We we have, you know, he's he comes over to the card table where O'Neill and Barnes and some other guys are playing, and after the lieutenant leaves, um, O'Neill kind of says, "You know, he's got that look. I don't think he can." He doesn't have the look that he can, he's going to make it, does he? And Barnes kind of yeah. gives him a look like, yeah, I think I agree. But then he kind of does this second glance up to O'Neill where it's almost like, I don't think you can cut it either, pal. Um, it's sort of how I took it. You know, Barnes, just that real stony-faced look, uh, right? Yeah, there's some real sort of cockfighting going on here of sort of posturing and kind of who's who really has the, the, the command of the men or, or their respect or their, or maybe their fear. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, we're given a bit, a slice of life in the tents, which, um, was that fairly realistic, Matt? You've read a lot about the, about the war. Um, is that fairly common, the drug culture? Yeah. Um, out in, in camp. Yeah. They would be, they would be smoking weed. The harder stuff would, would come a little later, um, in the war maybe. Um, out on patrol, you wouldn't, you would not see guys would not be doing that really. Um, they would, they would save it for at camp, and it's kind of whether whether it's whatever your, your vice of choice, right? Um, alcohol, uh, drugs, whatever. Yeah, that's it right. Is. It's kind of the sort of bonding you do, whether it's in a stoner tent or in a bro tent. Uh, it's sort of your break. Your you know, let's forget about it's it's the only way to keep your sanity really for this you know long year long tour that you've got Kevin Dillon the poor man's mat uh is you know choose a PBR can open from the side so we're yeah. we have lots of bro bro tricks um <laughs> fraternity fraternity style mm-hmm. and then and then uh he gets he gets some R&R and then he's back on patrol New Year's Day uh 1968 
uh, is is in the, a letter to grandma. He's sort of narrating that's what's happening. Again, I think this one is somewhere near the Cambodian border, um, or maybe even over the Cambodian. Well, the one border. guy mentioned they might be in Cambodia, which we all know that was a legal choice, so they that's would not true. have been there. Yeah, that is true. Fake news. Matt, you're a Cambodia specialist. The were American soldiers ever in Cambodia? They would never have. No, they would never have gone in. No, that that, that would never have happened. Yeah, except the uh, United States dropped more tonnage on uh, Cambodia than it did in all of uh, World War II combined. Uh, I mean, a country that we were never at war with, Vietnam. Uh, One and Ca- two. Cambodia. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was an amazing like 4.7 million tons, I think, of ordnance they dropped. Yeah. Uh, trying to eradicate the supply line, Ho Chi Minh Trail, the supply lines from, from north to south. Yes, soldiers were in Cambodia, and um, and that's actually, Kent State riots were a result of that. The revelations of of, of how deeply we were in, in the Cambodian border. So we're out on patrol, 1968, traipsing through abandoned villages. The uh, interesting, we're introduced to the tunnel system here, uh, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and so Elias... He jumps, you know, they find a, a bunker. It looks like they just missed, you know, maybe by three minutes, you know. Um, like fires are still rowing, going. Right, right. So they just missed the enemy uh, in this bunker complex, and they find a uh, uh, an entrance to a tunnel, and Elias jumps in. Um, in reality, it, they, they had kind of special tunnel teams, tunnel rats, they called them, and these would have been like little tiny guys so they could fit in there easier and move around. And you can actually check this next time you're in. Uh, Vietnam, um, check out the tunnel district in Kuchi. You're positing a world in which we can travel again, but yes. Yeah, th- yeah, it's all quite theoretical. But uh, yeah, you can go in into this uh, tunnel tunnel system in Kuchi. They've kind of widened them uh, for us Westerners, um, so you can you can get in there and you can see <laughs> oh, what they're. Oh, they've 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 widened them for the Westerners. <laughs> they have yes, they are bigger than they were they, they were at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. You know, you you're going up, down. You're going three levels below ground, and then you come, and then there's just a big room that you kind of come into, and um, it's it's so so. <laughs> it's this the ingenious behind this tunnels these tunnel systems that they had. But uh, yeah, in real life, a tunnel rat would have been a smaller dude, so Elias wouldn't have gone in. But they wanted to show that. Uh, you know, these tunnel systems were around, and uh, it's uh, something they had to deal with. Defoe, Defoe's kind of like his, he's just a very striking person, how he looks, like his cheekbones and his, like, he, he's, it's great, it's great cinematography, like him crawling in water with a flashlight through those tunnels. Um, it's, yeah. It's pretty menacing. Yeah. I mean, how they got those shots, um, I, I'm not sure, it, you know. They had a yeah. pretty small budget for this six million dollars for the yeah, entire film. Yeah, it was like film. six million dollars for this budget, um, which is crazy. Yeah, it, it but yeah. it looks really good for the most part. So, uh, um, and then we're back above ground and in the in the on this camp, this enemy camp that they they find. Well, one of the guys is missing, box. right? One of the guys. Oh no, you, you're no, still yeah, there. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, go go ahead. Yeah. So um, they. This ammo box they find, and they there's like, hey, there's maps in here. There's like all kinds of information, and they're thinking, and I'm also thinking like, this seems too good to be true, right? Uh, and then boom, uh, booby trap goes off. Uh, guy stag- staggers out with no arms, bleeding, and um, so I, I think a couple die in that, and then 
And then, yeah, you're right, Matt. Then there's a then there's a missing soldier that they're gonna go find. Right. He was kind of uh, on the perimeter, just sort of keeping watch. Taylor was sort of on one side, and this I f- I'm forgetting the soldier's name now. Um, but he he was on another side on the perimeter, and he's gone. Yeah, he's he's gone, and they're um, and then they come up. They they're they're sort of walking up the river where they think they've sort of retreated to, and they see him tied to a tree, tortured, their their own soldier, and so they are. They are hot. They are out for revenge and and angry about this that one of their own this had happened to, um, and so they come upon a Vietnamese village, and they're ready to to, to punish them for troop that they can't find. Um, so th- this is a, this is a tough scene um, in the village because it's uh, it's, yeah. it's it's well done and it's, it's ugly. It's real ugly. Um, it is, you know, th- this is the kind of scene that doesn't turn into a milai but it makes you see how it could have turned into a milai um and yeah it's tough they've once they find those sort of check uh made machine guns it's cl- and these big stocks of rice it's clear that they this village is in support of uh the enemy right um and so things get out of hand pretty quick yeah let's hear a clip of that troy so Tom Berenger has a has a little girl who, who he thinks is the daughter of the. The daughter of a village headman that he just shot in the head. Yeah, kills the mother. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a gun to her head. It's the mother's. And he's like, are you, are you VC? And of course, Defoe. And then we, and then we have the real rivalry here that, that, that sets out. Um, Behringer has just murdered someone in cold blood and Defoe comes up on him and confronts him. Yeah, this lies. This ain't your show. You ain't a fighter in squad, you piece of shit! So they scuffle, um, and this this sets out sort of for the part B of the film, the kind of the ongoing tension between um, these two. Any anything else you want to say about the village, Matt? There's some pretty heavy scenes in that, or Troy? Yeah, I've I you know I've seen this movie I don't know how many times, many and. It is, it is so. It's I still one of those. I have to not watch it after um, once that that mom gets killed and the little girls cry. It's one of those, you know. I my I get teary eyed every time yeah. I, I see that. It's so it's such a hard watch. Um, it is interesting to note. You know, they wanted obviously Vietnamese to be in this Vietnamese village, but they're in the Philippines. Uh, fu- it's an interesting little story. <laughs> We're gonna find some Vietnamese. They. <laughs> There are some wealthy Vietnamese that were on vacation in Manila that they found, and they said, "Hey, come be in our movie." And so, I think they were actually, <laughs> really? they, yeah. So they they were from the south. They you know moved to the United States after seventy five or whatever, and then they're just in the Philippines on vacation here ten years later or whatever. And uh, they said, "Hey, come be in the come be in the movie." And so they are wealthy Vietnamese portraying these kind of poor peasants. Um, but not, that's not, how not trained actors. Wow. 
No, no. And that is that's how they found them. It's shooting at the guy's feet, um, making him dance. You know, dance, motherfucker, dance, motherfucker. Right? Yeah. And he takes the butt of his rifle. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. And that that happened. Stone said that happened in one of these villages. Uh, breaking up of the the gang rape sort of thing. He said that happened in real life. He broke up this gang rape. Um, and this is the sort of stuff he said would he would see just kind of normally. That this is the sort of that the Milai is the outlier, but this sort of random haphazard abuse of uh, civilians and occasional murder of civilians is relatively commonplace. I mean, isn't it all about dehumanization to make, to make, I mean, if you're a soldier, that's the whole point of being indoctrinated and brainwashed into believing these people aren't people. They're animals or subhuman. I mean, that's probably, that doesn't justify it, but I'm guessing that's probably where a lot of these guys, in, being young and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, that, that's a that's that's a classic that you need to do to conduct war on both sides. But um, and then you add it to the fact of that guerrilla warfare was so so th- so not only do, are you trying to dehumanize the enemy, but you you also don't know who the enemy is. And the kind of, you know, there's no pitched warfare. There's no they're not they're not confronting him in sort of open open battle. That dehumanization not only goes to like the the soldiers, but to but to the to civilians because they're bleeding in and out of the civilian population and the U.S. military doesn't know who who's friend or who's foe. They don't have swastikas yeah. on their arms. So <laughs> no, right, it's not as tell. easy. Yeah, yeah I, I think it does a good job of portraying it as, you know, showing why the soldiers were so on edge going into this and that, you know, they're, they're been suffering in the in firefights, you know, on these nights. They're la- no sleep. Uh, they're, we just had two soldiers, three soldiers get killed right before this and then now this village is supporting these guys and they won't tell us what what the deal is where they're hiding um you know you can see see why uh, some of them would have been so on edge right right at that point yeah in the in the trials to um sergeant cowley and the, and the milai uh, trials you had sort of soldiers talking about how you know that 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 watching their friends get killed um uh one by one and not having anyone to go after and, and snipers and booby traps. And when they finally were faced with an, a person who could be the enemy, they just went off. And um, this is a very hard scene to watch. And I, I find my, I found myself sort of like, you know, closing my eyes and like looking away. Cause it was, it was pretty rough. Um, we had, we do have a scene with Johnny Depp as the translator. I thought it was interesting. They still had him dressed up uh, like a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a He's, that was a that was a weird choice. Um, yeah, but yeah, that he, was had, he had eyeliner on, which was right. Yeah, I thought uh, full Keith Richards sort of garb. Um, well, you saw that Defoe had a bracelet. I mean, he must have borrowed that from Depp that he had brass bracelet on the whole time. He <laughs> can I can I borrow one of your eighteen bracelets to put on? Logic. Not far from the village. Okay, here we are. Troy's bringing us Some back. Johnny Depp. Stars on this console, Sarge. Some good acting right there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I think this is where. Now this is uh, questioning the. Uh, Where to get these wounds? Can I yeah. tell tell? This is Berenger. Says he was hitting a bombing ray. The think for sure. Ask him why his weapons were here. I shall go shung dong all day. They come, you come. Says they had no choice. 
Says he envy killed the old honcho when he said no. Now he says all the rice is theirs. Oh, bullshit, Lerner. Who the hell is the gook we nailed on the riverbank? I be bong out don't kill Sean. Who's on the Hungry. Contagion. Come. He doesn't know. He says that the NBA ain't been around in a couple of months. Which maybe it was a scout or something. Sorry. Yeah, sure, a scout. What about the fucking rice and the weapons? Who they for? An LVC. Clicker knows what I'm saying. He understands. Don't you, Pop? Goddamn right he does. You bick, you bick. Come on, he's lying through his teeth. Come on! Waste the fucker, then see you talk. Hey, I'll be seen! Waste the fucker, then see you talk. I'll be seen! Huh? Huh? I'm going to holler. I'm going to holler. I'm going to holler. He doesn't know anything. He hates the NBA, but they come when they want, and they just take the place. What's the bitch saying? I don't know. She's she's going on about why we kill the pigs. They're farmers. They got to make a living. All that kind of shit. Jesus. So yeah, you get a, you get a sense that uh, about half the soldiers are are with Beringer, half aren't. There's kind of a, um, which is probably a realistic, you know, that some want to go along to get along, some um, are gung ho to kill, others are yep. pretty opposed. Yeah, Elias reports uh, Barnes for the illegal killing. Um, when they're back at camp, uh, it seems like uh, the lieutenant, um, you know, he says, you know, I, did, I didn't see anything. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. It seems like the lieutenant is siding with Barnes on this. They go back to, Barnes goes back to sort of his allies in the platoon, Bunny and O'Neill, and they're saying, they say, right. hey, maybe we should frag Elias. Yeah, so so Sheen is, um, Sheen is amped up about this. He wants revenge. And you know, fragging was a uh, friendly fire that happened in the in the war to um, superiors that people didn't like, or or other soldiers that people didn't like. That uh, he was gonna he was gonna kill him. Um, they're out on patrol. They're they're back, and and then we have this sort of the another pivotal scene in the movie. Um, there's a there's a there's a firefight, and um, yeah, ambush. Yeah, they get caught basically. Yeah, and and Defoe says, you know, I'm going to go around and and sort of flank these guys and and uh, or make sure they they aren't going to they aren't going to come and, and and flank us, um and and takes off and uh, Sheen asks to join him and he says, no, I can go faster by, on my own, and he runs off and Beringer comes up and says, like, you know, hey, we're under assault, everyone needs to retreat back to the church. The lieutenant had called in the wrong coordinates on the uh, for for air yeah. support, and so the. They're being bombed by their own planes, really, um, which is causing a lot of casualties and pisses Barnes off to no end. That's also something that happens in 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 the war. Um, they fall back to the church, and, and Berenger goes to to help, quote unquote, Defoe. Um, and really, he's hunting him. He goes down because he knows that um, when this comes back to when this comes back to camp, that he's going to get court martial. I think I think the I think their their superior says like, if I find out that someone, you know. Murder someone in cold blood. There's going to be a court martial. Like, so it's so it's a it's an ominous scene with lots of heavy music um, over the top, and then Beringer um, gets his sights on Defoe. Yep, and that's the expression on Defoe's face. He's when he first sees Barnes, he has this smile like a relief. Oh, good, it's an ally. And then the expression when he sees Barnes's actual face, then that smile turns kind of upside down, <laughs> yeah. and uh, he and that's couple quick shots right to his chest and Elias is down and we are told dead. Yeah, yeah. And he, he runs back and says like, hey, he's, you know, 
you know, Defoe's out there. No, he's he's dead. Like, you know, let's end this place is getting overrun. Let's let's um beat feet back to the church. And they head back, um, tons of wounded. Um, so it's a it's a it's a real um sort of slaughterhouse there. There's sort of soldiers laying everywhere, um, and choppers are coming to to pull out the wounded and dead. And then the, and then the the soldiers are lifted out. Yeah. So they're they're flying out, uh, and they can see something going on on the ground down there, right? And they see it is Elias. But wait, yeah, and he's got like, you know, forty NVA in pursuit, hot pursuit of him. Right. Um, he's kind of stumbling out of the jungle, coming to the clearing where the choppers just were. Um, and, yeah, this is a great scene. And a and a brilliant use of uh, sort of classical music. So yeah, so this is uh, soldiers getting loaded onto the onto the onto the chopper, wounded and dead, and um, yeah, it's noisy and chaotic. Stretchers with soldiers getting put on the on the chopper. Um, now they're they're taken off, and here's the scene, uh, Doctor Matt. It's a great overhead shot of uh, uh, people like ants. Yeah. I was listening to an interview with Defoe about this scene, and he just—they said just run straight, and they were—you know—he knew oh, like yeah. he was filmed from all different sides, and he had to detonate, you know, his. Oh, his like blood pack. Yeah, yeah, like, and uh, yeah, he, and all the explosions. I think he was detonating those like as he went. Um, I believe. Yeah. And the main thing was just keep running straight, and and uh, in fact, I think when you see him at the end, he he's throwing his detonator out of his hand. He says, which I know this is spoiler alert, but uh, it's it's just, <laughs> it's cool how he did it for sure. Yeah. No, and then and then. Uh, Sort of the scene from the movie poster, he's got his arms raised to the sky. Uh, the foe does, and he's... Yeah. He's, um, a little melodramatic, maybe, for my taste, but... Uh. <laughs> right there, they're trying to they're trying to operatically sort of uh, match the... Uh, I love the uh, Tropic Thunder version of this. It's even better. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> he's getting shot, like... 4,000 times. Yeah, and he just... He doesn't fall. He just keeps... Slowly, anyway. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one for Charlie. He knows that, um, uh, that, uh, that Berenger kills him and, uh, and wants revenge. And so when they, when they land and he, he, he fights Berenger and they roll around and, and, and again, you know, you're thinking, uh, I don't know how to, my money would be on Berenger probably in any fight. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna do whatever it takes. Uh, so, um, but she yeah, has he's, had it. Yeah, he's overheard them talking about potential fragging, um, which, you know, as, as you mentioned, um, you know, the killing an officer. This oh yeah, maybe he came in increased in number by uh, nineteen seventy. In nineteen seventy alone, there were two hundred fragging incidents, um, and over time, especially, I think the sentiment un- of soldiers post Lyndon Johnson saying he's not going to run for reelection in March of sixty eight is the new recruits are coming into Vietnam, new draftees, and their their mindset is, what what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> you know? Um, uh, yeah. Anti-war sentiment over time, new recruits bring in a higher degree of it. I think that is partly a, um, leads to more frustration, which leads to higher incidents of fragging. Do you think, um, did either of you um, come across, you know, you wondered why, you know, Sheen said, you know, it's, you know, January 1968, and then this, the scene where they're overrunning, I mean, are they trying to, are they trying to signal this is Tet without saying, that's never mentioned in the film. I think it's pre-Tet, I think, I think the main earlier in the month was, was mid-January. We lose track of days, so we don't know exactly what, but certainly this is, um, January um, 1st is mentioned as one, and then I, I believe the main battle that we're coming up on uh is i think the 15th but this is from memory january 68 is the is is a high water mark for unpopularity in the war and uh it will only it will only get worse from there um so we're then we're back to the vietnamese border um so the cambodian border uh, again um maybe in cambodia even um and uh the Vietnamese are 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 mounting a, an assault, uh, and so this another another hallmark of this movie is this: it is foot it is foot on the gas pedal with like battle scenes, like it is just it is chock full of war footage. We were soldiers, maybe has got some good war scene, but yeah, this is pretty hard to beat. I mean, it's it's right down in the jungle, and yeah, and and does not glorify it, um, but uh, but it, it you know it, again it's. It's interesting. It's it's it was so popular. I think it had made like a hundred eighty million it, with a six million dollar budget. That's a pretty phenomenal return. Uh, this platoon is they're kind of bait uh, for it's uh, Alpha and Charlie Company have been hit, and this platoon's going to come in and kind of be uh, bait for for the enemy. And and Sheen and and a few others. Um, one other is stuck in a foxhole, and you know they're saying like, okay, you you guys hold down this line. Um, yeah, severely and, undermanned. It's just two of them in a foxhole. Normally, maybe three to four, but they are so light on on men at this point. Um, and Charlie's uh, friend King gets uh, right before they go in, gets sent out. Right, his term is done, and he gets the word right before they go in, and he is beyond thrilled um, because I think everybody knows that they're going into a shit show. Yeah, right, and 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 a couple soldiers also say like you know I've I've got a bad feeling about this one, and which is uh, and O'Neill, which is a real Chekhov's gun. 
O'Neill asks yeah, that's for R and R. I want to get on R and R early because I got a bad feeling about this one. And yeah, this is once again the the sort of tough guy bravado O'Neill, you know, is cracking as the movie goes on. Or maybe he's showing his he wants to save himself yeah, for his comedic uh Bob, his comedic line. performance oh, no. later in his career. It's coming up in three days. Okay, here Let's we see are. About going to Hawaii. <laughs> hey, Bob, come on, anniversary for a fucking thing over here. You know, I was thinking maybe Bob, to be honest with you, I was hoping you'd put me on our chopper with King out of here. I say that, Chief Rooney. Uh, I can't do that for you, Red. We need every swinging dick in the field, and you know that. Hey, Bob, come Good on, boy, you can buddy. talk to me, for Christ's sake. All I'm asking you for is three fucking days here. I am talking to you, Red, and I'm telling you no. So get back in your foxhole. Bob, I got a bad feeling on this one, all right? I mean, I got a bad feeling. I don't think I'm going to make it out of here. You understand what I'm saying to you? Everybody got to die sometime, Red. Yeah, there we go. Cold um, Barnes right there. Shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, no one can kill Barnes. Only Barnes can kill Barnes. Uh, and so a, a uh, night falls. Right after that, the, we a, get the mosquito repellent scene with Junior oh yeah. with oh yeah, his feet. I forgot about that. So, and this is, uh, well, oh yeah. just real briefly, like this was something that they would do. Soldiers would spray this mosquito repellent on their feet, which would kind of totally inflame them up. And so they, oh, I can't, I can't walk, I can't fight. You gotta, I'm gonna have to be held out. I can't go tonight or whatever. And uh, th- so that was a real thing that soldiers would do. And um, Stone portrays that uh, quite well. But Barnes is not falling for it. Martin, I can't really blame them. I guess if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna do that. What do you listen to now? Next to you time you okay. spraying skeeter repellent on your fucking feet. Yeah, I'm gonna court martial your nigger ass. What a card motion, me motherfucker! Bust my ass! Send me a fucking long beard! You can do your fucking work! You white folks have got your last click out of Junior! You got your last click out of Junior? Give me that centipede. Sorry. Oh, yeah, then yeah. I forgot this part. Yeah. Long, hairy, red, and black bastard I found in the ammo crate. I'm gonna put it in this boy's crotch, see if he can walk. I remember now. Hey! Now hold up, man! Just hold up and wait, all right? Fuck it, I'll walk. I'll fucking walk, man. Fucking pussy, man. Hey, Sarge, I gotta have him in my home. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a pretty great scene there. Um, there's lots of... Uh, this film does a better job than, than others about the tension between sort of black and white soldiers is is clear. Some of the racial dynamics of the war are are, uh, are pretty well done with this, in this small amount of dialogue that they do. Um, Sheen is stuck in a foxhole... Um, with with Junior, right? I think. Um, no, Sheen Sheen is with. This is not with Junior. Junior's with Bunny. I forget who Sheen okay. is with. Um, and a serious firefight um, ensues, and it's and it's. This is one of yeah. the most frantic ones, um, where just uh, you know, there are there are soldiers on all sides um, of them. Everyone everyone's getting overrun. Um, there's a there's kind of a there's kind of a pretty dramatic scene of a of a suicide bomber, um, a Vietnamese soldier who runs into the sort of the headquarters. It was like and, the major's tent, I believe. The major being played by Oliver Stone. Ah, uh, yeah. So he had a, a pretty good cameo. job. <laughs> a brief cameo, but Dale Dye, the c- captain, is you know seeing everything that's happening there, overrun. Um, and so he calls in an airstrike on, on his own, their own position. Yeah. Right. He, which is, which is, uh, 
pretty uncommon, right? Let's let's let everything go. I'll take the I'll take the responsibility, but we've got to. We're so overrun that that's the only this is the only chance we've got. And um, yeah, we've we've lost almost every character we've come to know in this film is is killed during this scene if they hadn't been already. Yeah. Uh, except for a couple, Sheen and Berenger come across each other and uh, sort of he calls in the calls in the airstrike, napalm drops on them and uh, or, or ordinance drops and uh, suddenly I remember when I first saw this like, oh, that guy's dead. Um, and you wake up and, and Charlie Sheen is laying um, blackface, uh, you know, passed out and and solely wakes up. And, um, you know, it, it knocked Berenger out just as about, he was about to kill, um, Sheen. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very intense. Um, yeah, we lose Bunny, we lose Junior. Uh, O'Neill hides behind underneath a dead body, so he is not killed. So O'Neill lives, um, Sheen lives, and, uh, Barnes, I think, and, and then that, that's about it. In the final scene, um... Sheen wakes up and Berenger is is there and wants him to kill him, right? Yeah, he's kind of crawling away. Sheen uh, picks up, uh, I think it was an AK, um, on the ground and kind of slowly is following Barnes as he's crawling away. And Barnes just says, do it. Do it. Kill me. And uh, Sheen I think does. Troy's found some audio for us. has become Behringer now. Yeah. So that... Although... I, I feel like it's a win-win. <laughs> I mean, because uh, Behringer's not going to get court-martialed, and he's already half-dead anyway, so... It saves some paperwork. Yeah. So there you go. Certainly. Um, <laughs> Matt, how does, uh, how does Sheen get out of getting... having to go back into the field? Uh... So he so he's wounded again uh, in this, and he had been wounded earlier. That's twice. So oh, we see that his foxhole uh, companion, who I'm forgetting the name of, he he survives too, and in the morning stabs himself with uh, a bayonet in the leg. Yeah. So it looks like he's been wounded in the in the battle, so he can get out too. He's been injured twice, so now he's gone. He can go out, leave leave the Nam. So we've lost all of our we've lost all of our characters through. Uh um, through ordinance or otherwise, um, and uh, and then and then platoon wraps up. Um, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. They film this almost in chronological order. So when a guy would get killed on screen, he would leave uh, the set too, and he would be fly out of the Philippines. So they would actually sort of have that feeling as they're filming. They're trying the to movie. save money. Uh, I don't know, but like you know, if you're you know you're the actors, they've all kind of become close over time as uh, through their boot camp and as they're filming the movie, 
um, and then uh, you know Garner dies. So he he's he's gone. We don't see you don't he, as an actor is you just won't see him again um, until right. you get back. So yeah, this so it ends with Sheen kind of being airlifted out uh, via helicopter. Yeah, and um, and you know this this film it really uh, you know Oliver Stone is is a is a controversial director but a very successful one and. Uh, this is a this this one uh, un, maybe unlike some of his other films, uh, which are, you know, certainly um, verge on the conspiratorial or on the. This is this is this is close to his experience. I mean, this, you know, as he would say, this is his experience, and and it, and it sort of rings yeah. true that way. Mm-hmm. That probably brings us to. Book of the week. <laughs> yeah. So what uh, what should what should the folks at home be reading, Matt, if they want to. So if they want to get uh, hip to this. I'm, I'm cheating a little bit for this book of the week because I didn't. I didn't want to just pick one. So I think this film books is kind of, of the week. a yeah. So this is books of the week. Uh, so yeah, so you, if this is a grad seminar, you're going to have several books. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the film is a you know zoomed in look at life of a soldier or a group of soldiers and. I think the best way to get that experience via a book is through memoirs, and there are many of them. Uh, so just real quick, uh, things they carried, Tim O'Brien, Rumor of War, Philip Caputo, and Hard Rain Fell. Uh, John John Ketwig is Hard Rain Fell. Um, those, there, are, there are a lot of them. Um, those are just a few that give the same sort of perspective. Now, if you want a little bit more of an overhead view, of a group of soldiers, um, Tiger Force, a true story of men in war, Michael Sala and Mitch Weiss, um, got the Pulitzer Prize for this book. Um, it's, it's looking at Tiger Force, which is kind of this elite unit, but it, it, the way that the book focuses on them, um, is, is maybe you could say similar to Platoon, right? It's very up close and personal. So those are books of the week. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Matt. Those are those are great choices, of course. Um, and uh, it's time to give this movie some some dong. Um, how many dong are you going to give this, Matt? Out of out of ten, what's your uh, what's your rating? Dong is, of course, the Vietnamese currency. I I think so this is this is a very well done um, film in almost every aspect. Um, I, I think I'm going to have to go nine dong. Uh, nine dong is point zero 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 four U.S. dollars. Um, how about you, Troy? How many how many dong you want to give the uh, platoon? The dong is strong on this one. <laughs> um, I'm thinking eight and a half dong, right in that right in that neck of the woods. I don't want to give her nine. Give her like eight and a half. You're stingy, stingy with your dong. You know, I don't I don't give it the full dong. I just go the eight and a half. So. Um, I think, I think I'm going to join Matt. I, I, maybe I know what a 10 would look like 10 dong, but, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go also with nine. I feel like, uh, I feel like this is, uh, this is, is, is about as, as good as it gets. There's some, there's some others. I mean, you might, we might see a 10 pull out of my pocket, uh, for a film later down the, uh, later down the line. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll see where. That's a given, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, you don't wanna... uh, blow your dong now so yeah i want to keep keep playing my dong close to the best yeah holster the dong (laughs) okay well 
Well, on that, on thank God for tenure. And on that note, uh, we'll we'll sign off here from the here from the bunker, and uh, we wish you all um, healthy health and happiness in the in your uh, in your quarantine. And yes, watch them, watch them good movies. Safe. Bye, everybody. Stay home. Bye, bye.